It's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? Hello, folks, and welcome to the Flying Whipper Production Studios and Take It to the Max Sports. I am Drew Moeller. I am here with uh, Jeff Vexler. He's filling in for Max tonight. Good to Thanks see for you, having Jeff. me back, buddy. Oh, always. You got an open invitation, buddy. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you. Uh, a little product placement first. Um, guys, if you get a chance to really help the brand, just takes a couple minutes. Just go to YouTube, Google, or actually Google to the Max Sports. Hit that like and subscribe button, and it really helps our brand out. So if you can take a few minutes to do that, we won't pester or bother you with anything else, try to sell you anything. We just want you to hit that like and subscribe. Well, no. If we get paid enough to sell people stuff, we're selling people stuff. We will totally do that. That's what we're trying to do. (laughs) Build the brand, baby. Hey, guys, uh, I wanted to talk about a legend that died this week, uh, John Madden. Uh, The guy really transcended sports in so many ways. He had a 10-year coaching career, a Super Bowl win. He retired at 42 at what what he termed at the time. I guess he was a pioneer in that. They called it occupational burnout. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. 10 years. That's it. 10 years. years. As the winningest coach in football history. Winningest coach in football history. By percentage. Uh, actually, if he hadn't ran into a juggernaut called the Pittsburgh Steelers during the seventies, he, he probably would have had a few more Super Bowl, Super Bowl belts to his. He had some great Raiders teams, they were great really Raiders did. teams. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, what is it? Two? No, he's got one, one NFL rule. Thanks to his team. The Holy Roller play. That's right. Was that his? That was that was the Raiders. Well, that okay, was, that was Dave Casper that, that actually did that, but he okay. was the coach. Yeah. Yep. After that, Casper that rolled that ball. Yep. Make it After that, can't ball advance ball. the ball ever again. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, he retired after losing. He won the Super Bowl. I think we said what seventy six it was. Yeah, seventy six and then. And then in seventy seven, when they lost to the Denver Broncos, that team was the Orange Crush team. They got. Crushed by the Cowboys, he retired. Yeah, it was it, it was a 76-77 season. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's cool about him is um, he was truly one of those guys that was a legend in every field he went in. I know him more as a football coach and a broadcaster, more actually as a football coach, because I was a huge NFL fan, obviously, as a kid in the 70s. The kids in the 80s and 90s knew him as a broadcaster, and then the kids nowadays probably know him for his Xbox Madden football stuff. Has anybody ever had a higher Q rating as a broadcaster than that guy? I, I mean, his, so. his approval rating uh, among among people that listened to him was as high as anybody I can ever remember. You never heard somebody say, you know, I don't like that John Madden guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was almost like a member of the family when there was a football game with his and usually Pat Summerall's yeah. voice on it. It was like you were sitting around, uh, you know, the dinner table. I mean, I called my brother after I saw that Madden had died and I said, you know, it's weird, Dave, you know, he kind of reminds me of our grandfather. Yeah. And, he, and my brother was like, absolutely. 
He reminds me a hundred percent, like all of the, um, you know, associations that you have with John Madden, it goes directly to my grandfather. I mean, he, he just transcended the broadcast booth so much more than any other broadcaster in, in any sport. And, and he didn't want to do it. Right. He, he, he didn't want it to get a broadcast. He thought they were just a bunch of hairdos. Yeah. Yeah. He hated, he hated Cosell. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Cosell's maybe the only guy who conversationally can go, you know, onto that Mount Rushmore yeah. of, 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 of broadcasters. Broadcast. What's ironic is he didn't like Cosell, but the parallels are so amazing because they, they just brought out something and emotion in everybody. Um, no matter what your sports background was, when they talked, uh, after the game, people were, might not have been talking about the football game, but they were talking about what they said. And I mean, who can forget Cosell announcing Lennon's death? Sure, who can forget you know some of the things, the boink with Madden and 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 some of the some of the guys and girls that Madden worked with. Mm -hmm. His first test game was with Bob Costas. Was it really? Wow, yeah. he, he actually thought Bob he he thought Bob Costas was this little kid, <laughs> and he shows up and he's in the booth and and after the game I was I watched it and I recommend the documentary on Peacock about Madden, and he was describing Bob Costas he's like after the game he's like that guy's good. Well, I need uh, <laughs> I need Bob Costas's plastic surgeon because that guy still looks like he's eighteen. He sure does. You know they, the the fitting of him with Pat Summerall was so perfect yeah. because Pat was so soft-spoken and kind of low-spoken yeah. and he didn't have a whole lot to say on the broadcast booths he's one of those let it breathe kind of guys and john obviously did all the talking if yeah. he had been paired if john had been paired with somebody who was more loquacious like al michaels which he actually did do some broadcasts with al yeah. but it, it wouldn't have worked as well pat summerall was like the perfect sidekick for yeah, him it was it was just a moment in time that was just perfect for broadcasting, yeah, especially and, when you're and, listening to the football. And what a really, really great guy. I mean, we have so many stories these days about guys being, you know, sexist, misogynistic pigs around the women that they work with. And the NFL is, is, is rife with that. But I watched, again, the documentary talking to Melissa Stark, who mm -hmm. was part of his crew, said he, he just he just made made me part of the family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He cool. put her on and she succeeded. I mean, how well has she done? Uh, you know, <laughs> she's done great. You know, I, I'll never forget. Do y'all remember the Thanksgiving day when Madden was circling the offensive lineman's butt sweat <laughs> on the telestrator? And it was things, I think it was a Lions game. Might've been a Cowboys game, but I think it was a Lions game. And he's like, look at how hard they're working. Bam, right here. You see the butt sweat. On these five guys right here, and it's Thanksgiving lunch. And I'm yeah, going, oh I mean, my when, God. You, when you think about it, he was the Peyton brothers 30, 40 years before the Peyton brothers. All yeah. by himself. All, yeah, by, all himself. by himself. That's right. Um, I have another memory, but we, we were all going to talk about a Madden memory, and now I'm thinking of others as we go along. But I think my favorite Madden memory was probably that iconic picture of him being carried off the field mm -hmm. with his players. Y'all mm -hmm. remember that? Mm -hmm. It just... If you watch any old NFL films of whatever, yeah. you're going to see that that iconic moment, you know, with him. No doubt. Um, do you have one? That, mine is the butt sweat incident. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I mean. I, I'll never forget that. And then mine was, didn't he start the whole turkey leg thing? Yes, of the, course. Yeah, yeah Andrew Duncan. There it is. That's there so iconic. Is. That, yeah, there's your. Yeah, that's Pasadena, wasn't it? When I, uh, I think it might have been. 
What a cool picture. I mean, it's awesome. What was your memory, Bob? Uh, it's... I loved all of the TV spots he did and the ads. So I was saying this earlier when, when I heard he passed the first thing I'm, I was thinking about the replacements, you know, him calling the games for the movie, the replacements mm -hmm. and the fat guy dance. Why don't you cue <laughs> up some uh, Madden moments real quick? Yeah. Jason, you, you, you want to pull up the uh, fat guy dance? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Is there any others? I think you had a couple but, but, others. You know, the thing about the thing about Madden and and his broadcasting that um I don't think can be replicated. And by the way, this is not a diss of Chris Collinsworth, who I think is totally adequate at what he does. Yeah, I think but, he's good. but he will never be able to do what Madden did, where Madden if he gave you the nod, if he liked you on the air, it was like you were canonized yeah. in the NFL. I mean, Nate Newton, right? How often did he talk about Nate Newton? Yeah. It was like every damn Dallas broadcast, right? Yep. Nate Newton's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not yeah. like a preeminently great player, yeah. uh, but it, he's memorable. I, and I think it's mostly because Madden you know, gave him the, the seal of approval yeah. and, and put a gold star next to it's, him. It's kind of like Johnny Carson. If you were on the Johnny Carson show, you knew you had made it. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was with Matt. And if he, if he liked you and brought you into his sphere of influence and mentioned your name, you were in. It's funny you say Johnny Carson, because I heard somebody earlier this week say that the only two broadcast legends to ever retire at the top of their game were Johnny Carson and John Madden. That's very hard to do. It's almost impossible to do. I mean, I never remember, and, and maybe... And Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kidding Very myself powerful. a little bit here, but I don't really remember Madden falling off in his last couple of years of broadcasting. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't remember that happening. And, and there were some that had some serious declines. We, can we all agree that Brent Musburger, Pat oh my God. It, it got really bad. It's usually bad obvious when they lose their yeah. fastball, Dick Stockton and yeah. basketball mm -hmm. and football, um, undoubtedly, right? Marv Albert, et cetera. They all lose their fastball. Yeah. Madden didn't, it well, didn't seem well, like. Well, he, he knew when to say when. Yeah. Obviously with... With his ten-year coaching career, you know, at the height of, of you know the Oakland dominance, he was forty-two and said, "Hey, it's time to move on to something else." Yeah, what a visionary, you know, and obviously what he did with the Madden, uh, with with Madden NFL, uh, the video game. It's what'd you say, seven billion? Seven billion. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a large number. And I'd like to have a reoccurring revenue in that. Well, in memory of Madden, I broke out. A, I don't know if you drank, but I broke out my Miller High Life. It's the champagne a, of beers. A, a great seventies beer that your daddy and your daddy and my daddy drank. Yeah, my my dad drank shit beer too. Hey, shit beer holds holds time and place. They were still drinking it. Uh, okay, fifty years later, you don't drink those seltzers or whatever you drink, Bob. Oh, I drink Guinness. Thank you very much. Okay, well, I'm okay with Guinness. A dark ale. I like a dark pint. Well, we, enough about Madden. Um, let's hey, move hey, on. <laughs> let's move What's on. What's he doing? <laughs> Up here. Who put this here? I did. Oh, thank you Bam, for that. Pal. That makes me really happy. Hi, Mr. Bill. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, let's talk about the, uh, the the four teams that are in the playoffs. Any predictions? Alabama uh, by a billion. You know, it's funny you say that, okay? Because my Cincinnati team has a chance. I did not know it was your team. Our, our team. You went to Cincinnati? You're a Bearcat. Well, they're from Ohio. Cincinnati's in Ohio, so yes. Okay. All right. You, you claim the whole state? I just want to... I, I claim any... Well, yeah, pretty much every. Wait, 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 wait. So, the Ohio Except State... When, when LeBron was with the Cavaliers, I didn't claim... The Ohio State University gets drummed out of any consideration and you change your allegiance willy-nilly like the wind to Cincinnati? Well, I'm going to have, I'm going to be cheering for Cincinnati in this, for the playoffs, to, to win the playoffs. Obviously, Ohio State can. Much like the, much like David was cheered for against Goliath? <laughs> kind of. Well, let me read something to you while you guys are at it. You got a minute? I'm going to root for Cincinnati, yeah. by the way. Well, let me but give, they're going to get murdered. Well, let me give you some facts. Give me facts. And you tell me what team. Okay. Won 22 of their last 23 games. Cincinnati. Who'd they play? Um, lost to it. The only loss was to a team that's actually in the playoff format, the top four by a last second field goal last year. Is that, Mich- is that Michigan? No, Georgia. That would be Cincinnati. Uh, Georgia beat them on the last second field goal. Got it. Playing in a meaningless bowl game, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, Georgia returned 15 seniors this year and they are playing for the national championship in the format that's designed right now. So that's a fact. Uh, you know, they talk about this non-Power 5 thing, and and I do like what Kurt Herbstreit said. He said, you know, if it was college basketball and it was the uh, final, final four, final four mm-hmm. the scene, would we really be – did we say that about Gonzaga when they kind of broke onto the scene way back when? Oh, they don't deserve to be here. Uh, I mean – I know, I know Herb Street's your boy because he's from Ohio and you have dominance over anything Ohioan. But if, if we had had a 64 team football playoff, do you think Cincinnati would be in the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight? Would they be in the Final Four? You know, all, be honest. Uh, you know, I don't know. But all I can tell you is the he facts. Knows. The he facts knows. are irrefutable. <laughs> 22 of 23 games they've won. And, and let me show you something else. So, in 2006, Boise State beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. I remember that like yesterday. Remember how they beat them? Smoke and mirrors, the, 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 the Statue of Liberty play. I mean, they pulled out all the stops. Okay. And, they couldn't just line up with them. Okay. In 2008, Utah, which played in the Mountain Conference at the time, beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Before Alabama was Alabama. Okay, but they still beat them okay. in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, TCU and UCF, they went undefeated before we had this format. They didn't play for the national championship, but they went on to win their prominent bowl games. So what are you so, saying? So are I'm you saying, saying Cincinnati's well, going to win? What I'm saying is they may <laughs> not win, but I don't think it's going to be some 52 to 10 route. I do. Okay. And 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 and, and, and I will and I will give you, you got it. I will give you Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoffs. Right. But I will also challenge you to refute my statement that they are not one of the top four teams in college football right now. They're not. Okay, so who should they be replaced with? Notre Dame, who they beat? 
I would say Ohio State's uh, a better team than Cincinnati. I love my Buckeyes, but I got to be honest, this year was not their year. Now, now, yeah, if I had to, if there was five games that they played, I think Ohio State would probably win four of them. So you're saying Cincinnati has a chance. What I'm saying is it's not <laughs> fair to put Ohio State, it's not fair to put Ohio State ahead of, what are they doing? So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. You yes. and Jim Carrey. Me and Jim Carrey without the gap tooth. Um, so, yes. Let me ask you a question. Who knows more about football than anybody? Vegas. Right. Do you know what the line is? What, 13, I think? 13 and a half. Okay. That is the that is the largest line you could possibly make for I that agree. game. I, I mean, agree. they just can't make it any bigger. They will have to they will have to play the game of their lives. But this has always been my philosophy in sports betting. Okay. If you're getting double digit points, which Cincinnati is, mm-hmm. and you have a good offense, mm-hmm. not a good defense. If you have a good offense and you're getting that many points, take the points. That's <laughs> always been my philosophy. Jeff, one one correction. Alabama opened as a 19-point favorite against Notre Dame. Wow. Wow. But, again, that goes back to not in the Power Five. Should they be there? Are they one of the best four teams? That's insane. I mean, look, they're going to win by 25, so what does it matter? It could be 19, you know. Well, it's all going to come down to the play of their quarterback. Uh, and, I mean, I know that's cliche, but – if he has the game of his life, you you can never rule anything out. Should Alabama win? Absolutely. Will they win? Probably. Could they lose? Maybe. Top five lines in CFP. History. Here we go. Here we go. Alabama, 19 and a half over Notre Dame. Okay. Alabama, 14 and a half over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Alabama, 13 and a half over Cincinnati. LSU, 12 and a half versus Oklahoma. And then Alabama, 12 and a half versus Washington. Four out of five. And how many of those did they cover? I think all of them. I bet all of them. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Vegas Vegas has a way of making money. Can you imagine the money that will be lost if Alabama loses? I imagine it's 50-50. That's how they set these lines, you know? Do you remember a guy named Buster Douglas? Of course. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Anything else? I mean, look, I I would love to see a Cinderella story. I love NCAA hoops more than I love NCAA uh, football for that reason. The Cinderella stories are interesting to me. The George Masons of the world, Gonzaga when they were coming up, Butler, who almost beat Duke in a national title game if Gordon Hayward's shot doesn't, you know, rim out from half court. They beat Duke uh, in the finals. Uh, And they, they held up. But, you know, in the in NCAA hoops and in NCAA football, the way to figure out who the better team is, is who has more pros. It's the easiest way to figure it out in basketball. In basketball, you only have to get two or three future pros for you to have a great team, a, a final four caliber team. Yeah. In the NFL, in 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 football, obviously, you need more than that. But how many NFL players are on this Cincinnati roster? Four? Maybe five. It, it, it truly is David versus Goliath. However, even though we're talking about these two teams, we're not talking about the team that's going to win the national championship, and that would be Georgia. Oh, think so. Hmm. I don't. Pull, pull, I'm not going to agree with you. Pull my original pod. I predicted they would win, and I think they do. I don't think they're going to beat Michigan. 
Wow. So we got two two beers. I'll take the points in Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. I'll give you the points and take Georgia. Okay. You got a deal. Oh, I'm taking Michigan. Well, of course you are, because you're a homer. You're a hardball, hairball. <laughs> and I want to take Michigan straight up. Hairball. Boy, you're going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> uh, Michigan. Oh, God. Tri- trivia question for you. Percentage of the money that's going to Michigan on this game. I'll give you. I'll give you an over under line fifty five. They don't move the. They don't move the line. They just move the money line. So I'd say the money line is probably one seventy five. Georgia minus one seventy five. No, 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 no. Where's the money going? Where's it drifting? Which which percentage is going to Michigan? Which percentage is going to? Well, I just said so. So it's minus one seventy plus one seventy five for Michigan. The money line. The money's moving. In their direction. So if I bet $50 on Michigan, I would probably win $70 if they won. 65% of the money is going, 65% of the betted money is going to Michigan. There you go. But at the end of the day, we got this little, the thing, the thing, the bug. And, you know, do you think there'll be any implications if the thing catches a player Right before game time, count on it. See, that's it's making, happening that's, everywhere. That's really making it hard for for gamblers right now. That it's making it hard on my sports. fantasy football team. Oh, for God's yeah, sake, you, you set your lineup, and then thirty minutes later, the guys rolled out, and, and it, you don't have a kicker. Have you noticed that a lot of them are announcing it right at game time? Yes, today? it's annoying. Yeah, it's uh, super annoying. Yes, it's bad for betting, and it's bad for fantasy sports, and frankly, it's bad for the viewer. I mean, eleven NBA games have been canceled now. Two thirds of, or or is it one third rather, of NBA referees protocol. have uh, or have been in protocol. It's not a good thing. I mean, look, uh, you got to do what you got to do. But like canceling the game the way Texas A and M did a week ago is just wrong. I mean, they had enough players to field a team. They just didn't have their starters or enough of their great you think players. They didn't want to suffer a big loss. That's right. Yeah. They didn't want to be embarrassed. But what about the money for the school that they lost? That's a shame. That's why you should have gone and played. There was a great article in the Express News this week about that. You know, if you really have the 12th man, if you really believe in the 12th man, then go play that damn game. You got 35 guys. Go play. I agree. If you got enough to field a team, get out there and put out a team. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the bigger story was NC State and UCLA. UCLA can't field a team. They don't have the holiday bowl. NC State goes away, doesn't win, doesn't win anything. Right. And it's and it's different rules for the air quote meaningless bowl games other than the CFP. UCLA didn't forfeit. They just didn't play, so they didn't play the game. Right. Now, if Georgia or Michigan tomorrow has a breakout, fifty percent positive positivity rate, they lose. They lose. Yeah. They forfeit. Yeah. Well, one thing could happen if Alabama does win tomorrow or Georgia, they'll break the O for four now string of SEC teams because didn't uh, tonight didn't um, Tennessee, Tennessee lost tonight. So that makes them more to four, which doesn't really matter to me because Alabama is the class an SEC of the SEC. Team, yeah. And their quarterback, I admit, he's a flat out freaking stud. Yeah. A freshman. I mean, he, that guy's a beast. Then explain the Auburn game. Uh, you explain it. <laughs> <laughs> you put it's, all this pressure, it's, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like he slept for three quarters and about 11 minutes. <laughs> you, you, you know who that reminds me of? Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Winners find ways to win. Yeah, okay, they do. F- fair it, enough. It, it's amazing. 
like this guy. Used to play him on the golf course. And I'd be up. I'd be winning. <laughs> and then, oh, I'm playing terrible today. Uh, I'm going to double down. <laughs> so next thing I know, I'm running to the ATM, you know, because he got me. Winners find ways to win. And, Thank you. And, and that's the Brady's. That's this okay. kid. He's Fair a winner. Enough. He's a flat-out winner. Yes. Um. So, and, so real quick, prediction on the Cincinnati score. Uh, 52 to 10 was the thing that spewed from your mouth a little while ago by accident. Okay, and I'm going with okay. 52 to 10. <sighs> okay. I know. Uh, what's 38 to 24? I don't cover, do I? No. Points I <laughs> and right, apparently 30, you can't do math either. 30, 38, 24, they don't cover. <laughs> they lose. Uh, what about the um, Georgia game? Hey, let me, let me ask you a real quick question. Um, because you're Mr. Ohio, all right? Do you know who has winner written all over him like Tom Brady? Joe Burrow. He's a beast. I know we're going to talk we'll NFL to, a yeah. little bit later, but that guy's the real McCoy. That's a, that's another winner. He finds ways. Yes. Um, and the Ohio State Buckeyes let him transfer again. Mm -hmm. in the <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that's okay. So we got CJ Stroud now. So Georgia, um, Michigan, I think is going to be an absolute slugfest. Um, I got, I got 21, 17, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. It's going to, you know, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say 21, 17, Georgia, Michigan will cover. It'll probably come down to one of those last play events, but the Georgia defense, I know they laid an egg against Alabama. They sure did. But they got have dudes. They, have they laid an egg against anyone else? It happens. And Alabama laid wood on them. But I think that defense steps up. I think it stifles Michigan, who has a good offense. And that running back's a beast. I love their running back. Can't remember his name. But in the end, George will pull that off. And we're looking at, yes, an SEC Alabama versus Georgia again, and I'll be all over Georgia now. And 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 you can make fun Alabama. and you can make fun of me for being a homer for Harbaugh. He's an NFL coach, was an NFL coach. Yeah. He's had many weeks to prepare for Georgia. Yeah. He's had eight <laughs> years, eight, nine years now. How long has he been a coach in Michigan? <laughs> Don't give me this. Well, look, he got Ohio I, State I, this I, year. <clears throat> oh, what, one and eight? But he got him. Yeah, Who's, he got okay, him. He Who's got a better him. coach, Harbaugh or Smart? I can't answer that question. No, I'll answer I'm it for you, Harbaugh. Their, I'm not sitting in their meetings. Harbaugh. Who's, who's a winner? Harbaugh. Really? We'll see you next week. Jeff? Um, Tell me. <laughs> I'm going to sit this, 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 uh, <laughs> you know, Michigan, Ohio, you guys can never get along anyway, right? You know, what is, what's so funny is all I heard Michigan fans for the last four or five years is this guy's got to go. This guy's got to go. It's over. Get rid of him. It's Just, true. They didn't and, and, really want him. Yeah, and now he's had, he's put together a good season and good for Michigan. And like I told you before, I'm a Big Ten supporter. So at the end of the day, um, uh, only because I picked Georgia to start the season, mm -hmm. I predicted them as the national champs. I'm going to keep them. Okay. But if Michigan won, it wouldn't break my heart because at the end of the day, it's just helping the Big Ten and. Since you're a Big Ten guy, okay, also Mr. Big Ten uh, and Mr. Me. Ohio. Mr. Big. Would you guys have wanted Texas and Oklahoma? I would have loved to have had 
Texas I just and still can't figure out why they didn't go there instead well, of the SEC. Things. One, Texas, Texas, they could have. Oklahoma, there's uh, actually some uh, credential requirements because hmm. they courted them a couple years ago, but they didn't meet the academic for whatever reasons now we got academic requirements, uh, but they didn't meet the academic credentials. There's hmm. some type of credentialing. Interesting. And Oklahoma didn't meet that. Wow. Uh, but the SEC are whores and they'll just take anybody, you know? Well, it's a mistake for both Texas and OU. Uh, I, I really, I don't In the short term, maybe, but I, I don't think so in the long term. What, what, what's good about it for them? So they can finish fifth in their division? Have you seen the players Texas is picking up now? Well, Texas has never had the problem of getting great players. Texas will be a top eight perennial top top five team in the next three to five years. Oh, come on. I just don't see it. Yeah. I think Look they're going to get their head kicked hey, in. If Texas, if Texas could just keep, just keep 30% of their homegrown talent in this state, they would be a perennial top five. We've said that for years. Yeah, and if my aunt had testicles, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> I understand. But Texas, can be, I, I, I think it helps Texas more than Oklahoma, to be quite frank. Why, why so? I, I just think Texas has a bigger recruiting base, and it's all about, listen, you know, I, you know I'm a, a homer, and I used to hate it in the 90s watching Desmond Howard from Ohio, Charles Woodson yeah. from Ohio. It broke my heart every year to watch Michigan kick our ass with Ohio players. It, it just, it just ripped your heart out. I, we know and, the feeling around and, here. And, and so what happened was we got to the point, it started with Jim Trussell. We talked about that where we started because he was a high school iconic football coach mm -hmm. in Ohio, in Ohio connections and he had the connections. He had that recruiting connection, which is so important. And once that happened, we became a team that, Oh, our season is great. If we beat Michigan to our season is lost. If we don't win a national championship. And once that culture uh, inoculated itself into our psyche, we've been a perennial contender every year for mm -hmm. the last 15 years and really we've talked about it before that's where texas needs to go texas needs to step into the game they need to recruit from within and with the talent that i see leaving texas going other places that can all change and texas can be a power they can be a easily a top five power stop hampering your athletes start uh, recruiting players to compete against each other yeah. in the intra squads. Yes. And then you have it. They've, so, they've got the base. So Texas with more money yeah. sounds like a terrible idea. It's like, it's like giving an alcoholic ownership of a bar. I mean, it's just a terrible idea. Texas doesn't need more money. So the SEC calling and the money that it brings with it is not that important. Okay. They're, they're the best endowed school in America, right? Yeah. So what do they need more money for? That doesn't make sense to me. The talent pool, of course, it's rich, but Texas has always had talent. It's that they don't get players to perform in, in, in Austin. They just don't. I don't see how that's going to get better. I think it might get worse. But no, like you told me is they have the players. They don't have the guys behind them to challenge. That's also true. So having said that, if they can get the five-star and the four-star behind them to push them, uh, I think they'll be fine. And, and 
can we can we be quite honest about one thing? I mentioned this in another pod. There's three states that are gold mine for football talent. Florida, Georgia, Texas, California. California. Those are your gold mines. So we're sitting on a gold mine. It's just a matter. Look at Florida. My God, Florida, Florida State and Florida should be, again, they should be top 10 teams every year with, with the talent that's in those states. So now it's just a matter of recruiting. But I think bringing that SEC prestige to it and the level of competition, because quite frankly, if I'm a five-star uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. okay, um, where do I want to test my medal? And nothing against Baylor, but do I want to test my medal every week against Baylor, against uh, Iowa State, against Oklahoma State? Or do I want to test my medal every week against Georgia, Florida? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Okay, it, yeah, theoretically that makes sense. But getting my butt kicked by future NFL players on defensive lines at Alabama and Georgia and everywhere else in the SEC doesn't sound like a blast to me. I, I, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Texas Tech was quarterback you, okay, you know, and Oklahoma kind of to a lesser degree well, over you, the last 20 years. Well, let me ask you a question. You probably said the same thing seven years ago when A&M joined the conference. I did. I thought it was a horrible mistake. And has it proven to be a horrible mistake? No. And would you say that perennially Texas is a stronger program than A&M? Just go with football. I don't know. It's close. It's close. So the people that said, and and I really thought, well, no, because they're in the SEC and they're grabbing five-star talent. And I, and I said that when A&M joined, I said, Wow, that's now now the Missouris. I thought you guys are idiots. The Missouris that joined and teams like that. But when A and M joined, I said this is they're, they're toast. But you know what? If you've ever played sports in your life, I played this guy in golf next to me, and the only way you get better is you play better. And I realized when I was on that golf course or whatever I do, pickleball now, that for me to get better, I got to play better. I'm not going to get better playing. The Texas Techs, the Baylors, the the Kansases, the Kansas States. I'm not going to get better playing those. But I'll tell you what, when I play Alabama and then next one lines Georgia, then Florida, then Tennessee, I better get better. So I'm so I'm going to wrap this back around and do a little bit of self-referral. And you just proved my point that Cincinnati can't beat Alabama by any stretch of the imagination. Because <laughs> like they haven't played anybody well, better. Okay, like I said. <laughs> but, Good but, work. But you know what? We're going to find out. And that's true to an extent. They haven't played anyone better. But to get better now as a program, they're playing better. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, I, I, You know, I, it's hard in the state of Texas. I mean, you go through it, and obviously A&M is a big recruiting competitor. But it's not just them. It's TCU. Houston's coming. Baylor. Tech. It's all over the state, and Oklahoma isn't in the state, but they certainly take a lot of Texas players, and so does everybody else. Well, let, let me throw something else sure. out. What, what did you say was the richest school in pay? Was Texas? Yeah. You said? Okay, so if I'm a guy, I'm a five-star recruit, I've never stepped foot on a college football field, where do I want to go? The school with all the money that's – I'm going to get that that deal, that endorsement deal, so I'm going to be a millionaire before I even step on the college football field, and I've got the Texas – the logo, the name. Well, then we need me. we need some law changes because apparently in the state of Texas, we don't uh, the athletes aren't going to have the NIL 
abilities to earn as much as they will in other states. So that probably better change. And, you know, the University of Texas just probably needs to make one phone call to make that happen. Don't get me started on that. We should have casinos here and got bingo halls. (laughs) I mean, the money that... that I know. I know. We should. The talent that's leaving to go to Louisiana to play the casinos when they could (laughs) keep it here. Yeah. But we digress. Um, NFL. Let's do a little NFL talk. I'm on it. So I started talking to you about Joe Burrow because the playoffs are coming up and I can't remember a season without a juggernaut more so than this year. I mean, yeah, Green Bay is good, but they're flawed. Kansas City obviously has come on since their one and four start. Um, And maybe maybe they're a sleeping giant. Tampa Bay is obviously talented in the returning uh, Super Bowl champion with with Brady and everybody else, but they have sure. a, a really hard time playing defense with thirty five year old cornerbacks. There's there's no there's no juggernaut. Yeah, we're I mean we're going into the next to last week in the AFC. Only three teams have been eliminated from playoff contention. Are you serious? Only three? Three, three in insane. the AFC: Houston, Houston, Jacksonville, and the Jets. Yeah. yeah. They were eliminated before the season started, so it shouldn't surprise does us. Does keep his job? The, the, the oh, yeah, team? definitely. Um, but okay, so, so as we come down the playoff home stretch here, yeah. I want you to keep an eye on Cincinnati. Okay. They have a huge game this week, and I, I think— That's the test. —against the Chiefs. I think that they may be the team that emerges the way Joe Flacco's Ravens did, um, you know, almost a decade ago. As the sure, team you're, surely gets, you're not comparing Flacco to Burroughs. No, but Flacco, don't forget how hot he got, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, it was historically great. Yeah. And Joe Burrow kind of, he's got that it that makes me think maybe he's the guy who gets hot yeah. for four games and wins it all. Um I, I, I'm yeah. telling you, look at the odds on that. Just okay. think about it. Well, you know me, I'm a homer. Bengals, I grew up a Bengals fan. I will disagree with you on this because at the end of the day, when it comes down to nutcracking time, I like Cincinnati. I like the way they're progressing. The offense, I'll put that up against anybody in the NFL. Boyd, Higgins, Jamar Chase. That's what you got to face yeah. every week with Joe Burroughs Mixon. throwing the ball yeah. and mixing. So the offense is there, but the thing that you mentioned that the Bengals don't have that Green Bay and Kansas City and some of these other teams do have is they've got veteran leadership mm-hmm. and experience when when it's not cracking mm-hmm. time. So it's going to be a big test. Um, if I had a gun to my head, I'd say Kansas City will probably – are they playing at home, Cincinnati? This week? Yeah, the record at home sucks. I think they're at KC. And I never bet against. There's two teams I know. Nope. This yeah. that that game's at Cincy, yeah. Oh, okay. So they suck this year at home. So if I had a gun to my head, I would take KC. So that means going to have an epic showdown for the championship, pretty much when the Browns and Bengals play the following week. Mm. So that'll be interesting. May, uh, Baker Mayfield, who played an egg the other night against Burroughs. Baker Mayfield's going to lose his job next year to Russell Wilson. To know. Deshaun Watson, 
Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to the Browns. This is the most interesting quarterback offseason I can remember yeah. coming up. I mean, you're going to be able to get your hands on a, a a quality. I mean, those are three Hall of Fame level quarterbacks in Watson, Rodgers, and uh, I yeah. don't know Russell Wilson. One of the things that uh, well, there's two, like I said, there's two teams I don't bet against uh, in November and December at home. Seattle at home. Kansas City at home. I understand Kansas City's mm-hmm. on the road this week. So hopefully Cincinnati can win. I'd love to see them win, take it to another level, but they got to learn how to win. Again, we're talking about learning how to win. So this would be a huge, huge step forward. Watch if they get hot these next two weeks and they carry it through. They, yep. the playoffs. Watch I'm, out. I'm with Jeff on this one. Yes, it's it's a young team without the veteran leadership, but a young team without the veteran leadership and the experience, they get hot as long as they ride yeah. it. Yeah. And don't have any adversary, adversity, yeah. look that, out. And if that offensive line can keep Burroughs upright, his release time is one of the quickest in the NFL. Yeah, he's awesome. I think at like 2.2 seconds. He's the real that, deal. Yeah, he's the real deal. Um, speaking of which, Rodgers, he said, I'm not going to drag this thing out. I'm going to, we're, we're going to make a decision. Then shut up and stop. <laughs> Why does he have to talk all the time? Exactly. He's got to stop. Who's got the better mullet? Me or Rodgers? I, I think it's you, actually. Yeah, his, his is horrible. No, why does Rogers constantly, you know, I liked him a lot more when he wasn't going on the air once a week and, and, you know, play Travis. Yeah, he really is. Uh, And it's, it's annoying. I mean, you you got a great team. You're in the playoff, you're in the playoffs and you're going to have a chance to win it all. And you're going to talk about your off season right now. Terrible move. I think it's, it's all Shailene Woodley. He was a much better man when he was dating Danica Patrick. You know, you're right. <laughs> well, let me let me run a little history by you know history repeats itself. Do you remember a little quarterback named John Elway? Yeah. No. Good good quarterback, good not quarterback, really good in the front office, really but please continue. Yes. Well, he he ended his career with the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos and um, Mr. Favre could be following suit. Favre or Rodgers? I mean, I always say Favre, Rodgers. I don't know why I do that. Rodgers could be following suit. Uh, Favre may be playing for the Colts or New Orleans this week. (laughs) (laughs) You saw that the Colts called Rivers. Rivers. Well, Rivers has said, he he said a couple weeks ago, I'm tan, rested, and ready. So I guess he's been working out and kind of prepping for if somebody needs him, but just chasing but, kids but could around. Could you see that? I could, I could actually see Rogers. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Doing and a Peyton Manning. Hey, yeah. you've got a team that's got a great defense. You know, wherever Rogers goes, the court, uh, the wide receiver uh, with him for green Bay, which one Devante Devante said, I'm going really. Yeah. Devante said, wherever Rogers goes, wow. I'm going to, cause he's on the last, can they finish. go to Dallas? I'm interested. That won't happen. No, Jerry has his love affair with Dak. I know. But uh, well, what about the Cowboys? They're kind of a surprise. Hey, man, they're legit. Uh, and it's the first time that, I, can, I can remember saying that in my lifetime. I mean, since the 90s, anyway. That linebacker uh, Parsons. Oh, hmm. he's the deal. He's it's the goods, no doubt. It's and the defense, I mean, look, the defensive backfield gets takeaways. They really don't seem to have a shortcoming. And that's one of the things when you look at... first time in a long time. Yeah. When you look around the NFL at the other kind of upper echelon teams, everybody seems to have a little bit of a black eye. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Cowboys' black eye is. They're the Cowboys? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
yes, I my hats off. Yes, they're they're shaping up to be a a contender. You got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to play cold weather football in December and January. Seems like the Cowboys can do that. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line's good enough blocking to to run the football. Obviously, Dak is a big dude who can throw the check yeah. downs. You're going to have to play smart outdoor football at some point. Yeah. Um, they seem like they're as well suited to going all the way as anybody else. Yeah. Seems like they're coming together at the right time. Yeah. Well, folks, we want to uh, thank you for listening tonight. Again, hit that like and subscribe button. And uh, we'll see you next week. I've really had a lot of fun, Andy. Appreciate you. Anytime. Thank you, fellas.